0: Welcome to a festive edition of the Full English Podcast, the show that sees the world through food. In this episode, we'll be answering some of your questions on our festive food traditions with food historian Neil Buttery, and we'll be rating a range of high street mince pies with expert baker Rebecca Spaven. I'm Lewis Bassett. Music and sound design is, as always, from Forest DLG. Merry Christmas to everyone that's been listening to the podcast so far. I want to say a massive thank you to everyone that's been supporting our show by sharing it over the past year. And a special thank you to those of you who've subscribed over on Patreon. Hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to The Full English. This is our Xmas special. Ho, 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 everyone. Welcome. (laughs) We've made it through the year. Jingle bells. I'm a little bit worse for wear. I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I'm ready for this year to be finished. Um, so that's not very. <laughs> <cool. Aww. laughs> that's that's tough. Tough. <laughs> Don't bring a doctor. Cut that bit that's out. Not very <laughs> <of> you, <laughs> that. I, just, I worked a long day yesterday and I'm a little bit
1: ill. Lewis is a little bit ill, so he's. I seen also the world through a dark prison. I drank <laughs> a few. I drank a few sherry's
0: last night as well. Didn't help. Mm.
2: That's a bit more merry, at least. Yeah, it was yeah. merry
0: when I had the sherry, but not right now. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> we're, it's going to be a cheerful episode because I've got some brilliant guests who are going to pull us through, even if I'm not glowing and full of festive spirit. <laughs> so we're going to go around. It's Forest Dlg first of all. Say hello, Forest. Hello. Good afternoon. <laughs> And then over in my corners, in the new guest, Rebecca Spavin. Spaven. 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 Yeah. So I said that with my own Good accent. Accent. Good <laughs> accent. Spaven, yeah. and you are. I introduced you to everyone earlier. Mrs. Toad Bakery. Um, we. I invite you on because you're a brilliant human being, but also because we want your um, mince pie expertise because we're going to be, later on in the show, we're going to be sampling some of the best high street shop mince pies. Um, so we'll get to that in the second half of the show. And then also, if you didn't recognize her voice already, it's Gemma Greenwood, who is, as we know, talented.
2: <laughs> also talented, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's a reference to uh, something that Gemma was embarrassed about saying in the last episode.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's factual, but... <laughs> you are
0: talented. I think Very that's what talented. I said at the time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, to set the scene for you, we've got some mulled wine in front of us. We've got some vegan eggnog, oat nog, uh,
1: which is pretty good. It's, it's good, yeah, actually. Say, yeah. When you offered me vegan eggnog, I thought, uh, just try it just to, you know... Appease me. Just, you know... Just, you're coming to someone's house you want to be kind of you know gracious but it's bloody delicious
0: yeah and uh, got some brussels sprouts with vegan bread sauce Ooh. yeah mm-hmm. well I the vegan forgotten. thing is is because um gemma's vegan annoyingly oh
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't forget that bass cheesecake that time that's true uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: that was a trespass
2: yeah actually let's <laughs> not tell people about that let's forget that <laughs> too, late.
0: Very, yeah. too late and then what's this gemma
2: this is uh, Sainsbury's vegan pig's under blanket, whatever that means. I feel like the blanket is the bread. Pig's uh, under blanket? Yeah, pig's under blanket. That sounds
1: like a part of the anatomy or something.
2: Yeah, they got sleepy. They, uh, they needed good. to rest here. <laughs> Lewis is now picking apart the sandwich. <laughs> uh, so this is one of the many Christmas sandwiches out in the supermarkets. At the moment, probably start in July. Uh, <laughs> as we know, the supermarkets like to do. I had one from uh, WH Smith. I think, last month. Mm. Uh, but yeah, this is the only vegan one I could find today. Uh, I, yeah,
0: I'm, And Jeremy brought it in partly because me and Forrest have no idea, or had no idea as to what a Christmas sandwich was. Mental. I mean, No clue. I, I can't knew, fathom that. <laughs> <laughs> what, well, you've experienced them before? Yeah. But you're a there baker. A ba- you're they're, a baker.
2: Is... Uh,
3: they're, they're a huge part of our culture. I don't understand.
0: I, I get the idea of <laughs> eating a sandwich at Christmas. I mean, you eat a sandwich every all the time, but I didn't know Christmas sandwiches were like things. Mm. Yeah, but you guys really do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> favorite favorite Christmas sandwich?
3: I think I do actually eat them. Oh, so but I am aware of them. Oh, um, fair I just wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't. look at the bread on that. It's awful. Oh, we speci- <laughs> so a Christmas sandwich
0: isn't just something you make for yourself or get from a nice place like Toad. It's also it's like we're well, saying it's, it's a package. It's a packaged sandwich.
2: It's a so oh. it's evolved from the traditional like you'd have your Christmas lunch, obviously, and then in our household anyway, at about midnight, you know, a couple mm. of hours after dinner. Uh, you then want to put all of the festive trimmings into a sandwich, uh, squish it down with mayo, a bit of cranberry sauce, all the rest of it.
1: okay, yeah.
2: But I think what's happened in time... Someone wrote a really good article in The Guardian, I think sent to you guys, uh, about the evolution of it, which was that... So it's been taken from, like, families and friends, whatever... And then it's taken now for the office worker and it's all about being handy and all the kind of like new and novel products on the market. Um, but what it's turned into is just like a series of gluttonous, indulgent, very soggy <laughs> sandwiches, like way <laughs> yeah. in advance of Christmas.
1: Boris yeah. won't even touch it. Barely look at it, can you? Um, I don't want to be rude again, but yeah, it's, that's, I'm not going to have that. I'm
3: afraid. Can you talk us through what's actually in it? Because it, it looks quite sparse. Well, let's eat it. I feel like I
1: need
2: a package of it, but...
1: Try, it, it's got got try everything. it got vegan bacon. Facon.
2: Vegan sausage. Oh my God. I believe this is <laughs> yeah. Levy bacon.
1: Got a nice kind of coldness to it. it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's quite sweet.
2: It's not saucy though. Mm. Mm. Oh wow.
1: Got that kind of fake smokiness coming through on the bacon. Like Razzles. Yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. is. <laughs> it's, yeah, is it Razzles or Frazzles? Frazzles. Frazzles, frazzles. Mainly getting salt. Yeah. Salt. Brazzles. And cold. Some sort of jam and fridge.
2: I feel like the oh, jam the, the
0: missed my The sausage is so sturdy. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. bread inside bread.
1: So I no. don't know if
2: this is the best of the ones on no. offer. No. But uh, yeah, it was it was representation, so. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's not, no, it's not awful. Yeah, it's not awful. I mean, it's, it is slightly worse than I thought it would be. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you it was going to be terrible. And I had low expectations. Um,
3: <laughs> I think um, th- that it really could have done better with
1: that <laughs> on, like even with system. even within
3: the realms of what you're working with here with like the faken and that like more jam yes mm. um, maybe something green I don't know just
2: for like a little bit of
1: you're saying put a vegetable in there
2: yeah sprouts yeah. are vegan
1: it's wild. wild oh my god sprouts well, in the sandwich would be nice I'm yeah. with you yeah yeah mm.
2: I think that's part really of the finest that. range actually <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. couldn't get that far <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right fair enough um, We are going to speak to, um, in a moment, we're going to speak to a guy called Neil Buttery, who is a food historian, and yes, that is his real name, and yes, uh, he's a food historian called Neil Buttery, and he knows a thing or two about Xmas Foods, and we've been asking you all week, um, asking you, dear listeners, um, your questions uh, to ask him, so we've got a list of those, and we're going to ask him some as well, but before we speak to him, I asked all you guys for some xmas facts because it's become a bit of a theme um in our episodes this year that we keep reciting like extreme facts about food so we had some real great ones about greg's costa what else do we have Weatherspoons.
2: Weatherspoons.
0: so i thought let's do some xmas facts about xmas food forrest didn't do his homework (laughs) so he turned up here without anything he just came and moaned about the sandwiches but the rest of us did. So, who wants to go first with a, with a fun Xmas fact? Jem, I'm looking at you.
2: <laughs> okay. um, I feel like I need an intro. So, it's about mulled wine. So, uh, we know about where mulled wine comes from originally. Germany. But no, the Romans. Oh. So, I think it was like 20 AD. I might be wrong because you have my phone on video currently. And I can't <laughs> check my notes. Ever the professional. Uh, but I think it was Rome, 20 AD, and over time, it kind of yeah got brought to different places. And I think that in Europe and in the UK in particular, uh, again, this might need some fact-checking, but I think it was brought from, uh, it was called Port Latte, uh, which is near Montpellier in France. Um, But I think it was one of the King Edwards, possibly the fifth, became really interested in it began drinking it became popular but it didn't get really popular until the 1980s um that's a long time yeah
0: what from 20 years after the birth of christ till the 1980s it's for it to take off
2: i mean i guess just like in the mainstream media like it was basically when the german markets became really big and the interest in german it was
0: sitting around waiting for the markets
2: basically basically
0: um but
2: yeah so in germany each merchant at the Christmas market had their own stall, had their own mulled wine, um, and each would also have, like, a specific label designed for it as well. Mm. And it created... I might have actually got this from uh, from Neil's notes, uh, <laughs> from some kind of article. Um, but it created, like, a healthy competition, apparently. It also uh, encouraged what this article referred to as folklore. So it created a bit of a culture and interest in, yeah, just going to these markets and loving mulled wine. But that's not my fact. Uh, that's oh, just some, that's <laughs> some history. Oh. So yeah, my fact is that uh, just like in different countries, in different places, uh, you have different specialities added. So I think it's in Poland. Um, they actually use hot beer instead of red wine and mm. then all the kind of traditional spices, etc. And then uh, in Alsace, they use white wine. Mm. Uh, so usually Pinot Blanc, I think, um, or Riesling. It's not a particularly exciting fact, it's just mm. something to know about variety. Oh, that, was,
0: that was good. Yeah, I was expecting more, like, trivia notes. Yeah, no, no, no. No, you went deep. I like that. Okay. What did you come up with, Rebecca? Uh,
3: well, this was quite a... This request came in quite late, so um, <laughs> I, I panicked a little bit. But I was holding a chocolate orange at the time, so mm. I've, nice. I've, I was curious yeah. about how many chocolate oranges are sold at Christmas. Mm. Couldn't actually find that fact, but I did find um, that they sell... Forty-four million chocolate oranges every year, with nine million UK households buying at least one.
0: Which must have been there must be generally always around Christmas. Yeah,
3: they're a classic stocking filler, right? Yeah. When, um,
0: when else do you eat a, a Terry? We're talking Terry's chocolate orange. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. When I was younger, but they're not Terry's; they're mine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when I was younger, they um, we always used to get a Terry's chocolate orange in our like in our stocking. And then one year, Classic. this is obviously pre-vegan, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then one oh, yeah. year, I decided I was going to be really healthy. I was like, no chocolate for me. Like, no Terry's chocolate orange. So I got Satsuma. It, <laughs> <laughs> it was not the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, sad. Very sad.
3: That's I, a lot. Yeah, yeah, that is a lot. I did also discover that um, before the chocolate orange, there was the Terry's chocolate apple.
0: Wow. Which oh. Didn't take quite off.
3: kind of distressing, the thought, really. Uh, and then they tried to make a chocolate lemon happen, <laughs> but that did not take off.
0: I'd love to try <laughs> the chocolate probably lemon. probably quite
3: obvious reasons. I don't know. Like apple flavored chocolate.
2: Oh, would it be flavored? Yeah, the oh, original was, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Boy, yeah. well, I, I, I guess it. it's a no from Toad, but <laughs> I feel there's a gap in the market there. Yeah. What for the lemon? Both. The apple, apple, lemon. lemon.
1: Apple chocolate? No. Nah.
0: Especially that milk chocolate, like that's not going to work. People it? will have anything with got chocolate on it. Oh, well, you have
2: those like apples on a stick, you know, like a toffee apple. You get like the chocolate ones, don't oh, you? Oh yeah. You're not so, <laughs> not so keen. It's
1: a good way to ruin an apple.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Forest Drg is more of a food snob than me. Um, I've got some facts that will blow your minds. Um, okay, the first one is: guess how many turkeys are killed for Christmas every year? I don't want to know. You're going to find out. <laughs>
1: Go on, uh, Forrest. So yeah, I'm gonna say forty million turkeys. Mm. Anyone else? I'm gonna go. I'm
3: gonna go a little lower. I think maybe twenty-five.
1: It's more, that seems more well, reasonable.
0: Lucky for Gemma's sentiments,
2: <laughs> it's
0: only ten million, but still quite a lot. Only
2: ten million.
0: This That's fact, well, it's still a lot of turkeys. Imagine seeing ten ten million <laughs> turkeys all at once. You'd be no, terrified. No, it's, it's, a, it's a horror show. This fact is gonna gonna okay that maybe that one I overegged it a bit, but this one, how many mi- how many millions of mince pies are eaten uh, every year in Britain?
2: Fifteen
1: million. You guys, five hundred thousand. Well, I, <laughs> I, I, I wildly overshot last one, so I'm gonna be a bit more conservative. I'm gonna say twenty million. Record.
3: I think it's m- more than the number of people in this country.
1: <gasps> oh, because yeah. there's six in a pack. Plus, I would say
3: right? I would say maybe like yeah, hundred million. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's close to 800 million. <laughs> That's amazing, right? Wow. How, how many do you eat? I, I probably don't eat one. I eat like two or something.
2: Who are you? I know.
0: <laughs> Claims to have something to
1: say about English food and doesn't <laughs> eat any of it. Yeah, no, I'd probably have 10 mince pies, 10 to 12. Between what Christmas period? Time. Um, well, as, as you know, I wait till January to, uh, <laughs> to buy my mince pies when they're, uh, you know, 10p for a box of 15. Get my get my my money's worth so i I also found out that
0: um there's one city in the u k that eats more mince pies per head of the population than any other city, okay, and his name is any guesses blackpool Liverpool It's one of the pools
1: oh,
0: the people of Liverpool on average eat twenty mince pies per person over Christmas. I don't know what Christmas is defined as there, and then Southampton is lowest uh according to this survey. Uh, from 2019 and uh, the people of Southampton only eat 11 um, mm. but well done Liverpool smashing it with the mince pies what, who knows why they like them so much yeah. uh, London any guesses how many people the people of London eat uh, mince pies so over it's got to be it's got to be above 11 less
2: than 20
1: Yep. Name, a, name a number between 11 and 20 <laughs> <laughs> this is a sick game man this
0: is a sick oh, game it's true it's not very good trivia it's 15, <laughs> it's 15. we can skip this <laughs> this is why we need the actual expert on uh, Neil Buttery so after the break we'll uh, join Neil Buttery in an interview and we'll find out some actually inf- interesting information <laughs> about festive food don't do yourself down man yeah. oh, it's too late my ego is bruised <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, we're here now with um, Neil. It's Neil Buttery, right? Just to clarify. It is. You must get a lot of jokes about your name.
4: Yes, I have my entire life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I used okay.
4: to hate it as a kid, but I quite like it now.
0: Well, did you think you became your name or the name was just, you know, suited to you as you've got older? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. maybe that's why you're a food historian.
4: I don't know. There's, there's quite a few butteries and I'm the only one who's a food historian, so I don't go for that. anyway okay so we're here with neil buttery and
0: you're an expert on on uh food you're a food historian and an author of two really brilliant books um which i'll put links to in the show notes um and what we just revealed in the previous chat before the break was that i know almost nothing all the things i know about christmas are really uninteresting Um, So we're hoping that you will base You're going to carry the weight of this whole podcast, really, Neil. (laughs) All right, well, I'll try my best. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We asked our listeners for some questions Mm -hmm. about our food traditions. um, And we got loads of responses. And I've kind of whittled down, like, the 10 best ones. But um, I'm going to take some of those and then some of the um, questions from us guys here around the table. Um, Okay. But the one that we got asked um, the most, more than everyone else, was just about turkey. Like, when mm. did turkey become a thing? Um, and, like, because it's obviously quite an odd thing that we only, eat, well, typically only eat turkey at Christmas. And, like, how did that come to happen?
4: Yeah, we don't really have turkey any other time, do we? Unless you're going to be eating some kind of turkey twizzler or something gross like that. God forbid. Well, it first appears in the early 16th century, the first monarch to eat turkey roast turkey or turkey at all is henry the mm-hmm. eighth so it's just modern depending where you decide medieval period ends mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we have just, just ticked into early modern so all these sort of reenactments that you see you know of tournaments of people lancing each other whatever on horses and everyone's took into those great big turkey legs drumsticks yeah. there was no chicken Turkey drumsticks, rather, in medieval courts because it's a new world food, Mm. despite the fact it's called turkey. Hmm. Why is it called turkey? It's a good question. There was a lot of trade, and one of the strongest trade arms, this is quite, it's just, all these answers turn out to be much more boring than you'd think. Oh, no, no, don't say that, because the things I was saying before were quite boring. You were supposed to say something interesting. (laughs) No, Turkish traders, they just got really good trade routes, so it became associated with uh with the Turkish rather than Turkey itself. And you see in um you know old sort of uh, inventories of food, you'll see Turkey cocks or Turkish cocks written mm-hmm. down.
0: Oh well that I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's a yeah. food of empire. It's a food of of, of, the, of the of the of trade, of Britain's kind of maritime history.
4: Yeah. yeah, and it was a high status bird. You could only you could only have one per banquet. Mm-hmm. And that went for swans and peacocks as well.
0: Okay, I've actually got a question
4: about swans. Uh, oh, okay.
0: Um, but I was sticking with turkey. This is a culinary question, and, and maybe you guys will also have some views on it. Um, there's a, a Tom, uh, someone called Tom messaged in, and he wants to know, if you're cooking a turkey, should you brine it or not? This, I know you're a food historian, but I know you're also a good chef, so thoughts on that?
4: Well, I think... If you do brine them, they're very good, and it gives you a good window, you know, of succulents. You're not going to end up with something dry. Mm. Um, it's a bit of a faff to go through. I mean, not only you just you're shoving it in a bucket, but
1: you I'm need a big bucket. never
4: that organised. <laughs> I lived mm. in the US for a few years, and they just do it as standard. They mm. brine their all their poultry as standard, I and mean, it is really delicious. I just haven't quite picked up the habit myself. Mm. Um, I think the problem with turkey is, and I'm sure you'll all agree, uh, is that people are too scared of getting some kind of horrible food poisoning, so they cook it way too long. Mm-hmm. So you got this horrible dry bird. Mm. <laughs> do you guys eat people... turkey at Christmas? I know, obviously, you
1: don't. Previous, don't yeah. <laughs> uh, no. No, you don't? No. What do you eat? What uh, At Christmas, specifically, um, anything but turkey. I mean, <laughs> turkey, like, it's so big, and then the, the, the dark meat and the breasts are so they require such different cooking like you know styles like Mm. it's just impossible to get it right even like a like a really perfectly cooked turkey it's still like it would have been better if you just like cook the the breast and Mm. the the legs separately so
4: yeah i mean obviously i'll I'll eat
1: it if someone's house, but yeah
4: I agree. I use uh, one of Fanny Craddock's tips actually <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to cooking turkey. And that is to, it's quite easy because it have got quite tough skin. It's trickier to do on a chicken this, but you can ease away the um, skin away from the breast meat and then get some soft butter, maybe put some salt and pepper or any other flavourings too, a bit of garlic, bit of lemon. And you basically put a layer of this softened butter between the skin and the breast. And it just bastes it, and it's beautiful, so you can cook it that little bit longer, nice. so then the leg meat is cooked mm. as well as the breast, but the breast hasn't dried out. I also put lots of um bits of streaky bacon over the breast too, oh
1: yeah, mm.
4: all this turning it's on terrible. its side, turning its' back, turning it to the side mm. all this stuff i don't I just don't think you need it. you've just got to cover it in loads of. Mm. Animal fat. <laughs> <laughs> so, it all it,
1: it feels kind of like workarounds, though. It's just like, how can we? What kind of hacks can we do to kind of make this this massive to try and beast, deal with this tradition? This massive beast, like actually, like nice to eat. Um, which you know, if you can pull it off, you know that is seriously good cooking. In my,
4: it in can my be opinion. done, but I agree. I wouldn't choose it myself. Mm. I, d- I do have it at Christmas because it's a traditional thing. The family would be up in arms if we didn't have a turkey. <laughs> but yeah. If given the option, I would go with a different option. And, and what, is, what is the history of the
1: turkey as the, the Christmas, you know, the Christmas meal?
4: Well, it hangs on. It, it becomes a high status. Poultry like chicken and turkey were always very high status up until really the 19th century. You know, there really were one-off treats. Everyone was doing goose. But then when you started getting real sort of um, traction to for, for uh, factory farming and just farming lots and lots of people, they, they cracked chickens. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, they quickly applied it to turkey. So it was just something that could be provided that was cheaper. It became associated with rich people's Christmas alternative because they were having common garden goose, how things have changed. Mm-hmm. You have to remortgage if you want to goose these days. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so it's, it's it's that kind of mix of aspiration. We're a very aspirational country, and there's always somebody somewhere willing to kind of leap on that and, and find a way of making something that was expensive uh, affordable. All right, moving
0: on. You you mentioned um, swan, and yeah. Elizabeth messaged in and she
4: asked, "Have you ever eaten a swan, and what do they taste like?" If you have. I have not eaten a swan, Cause but I would do if I got the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> You're
2: to. Like, a lot it, of
4: people easy. say that it's well, like turkey, it's it's dry. It's big and it's dry. Uh, one of the reasons turkey took off in the courts was um, we're we, we saying that turkey's dry, but in comparison to um, peacock and swan, which were kind of semi-wild, they had no fat on them whatsoever, and they were very tough mm. birds, apparently. So we might not like it now uh, cooking it in our ovens but when it came to spit roasting meat i think um it was a revelation
0: because mm, that was a festive bird for for a while
4: like the likes of henry viii were probably eating swans yeah mm. swan pies more often actually than roast swan you'd find you'd you'd have, you'd have the pie and then you'd have the sort of the swan, the reserved swan skin with all the feathers still on it and they'd kind of cover it over this Fake swan and pop it on the top, and they'd carry it in. There'd be all fanfares and stuff like that, all that nonsense. Sounds like my kind of uh, event to be honest. Now <laughs> um, people say it's, people say it's fishy. A lot of people okay. stringy and fishy. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's that great. I think it's more the fact it's just got you know a steam written all over it. Sticking with birds, um, mm-hmm. someone called NJB
0: Turner. I, I don't. That was just their username. Asked mm-hmm. um, the free bird roast. Oh, yeah. Is that a modern invention and is it the invention of supermarkets?
4: He asks. Mm, Well, yes and no is the answer. The Tadukken thing, that three bird roast, (laughs) is very much a creation um, from America, from North America. Mm. What's Tadukken? Can you explain? Turkey, duck, chicken. Okay. So, (laughs) what? It's got to be a duck in a chicken in a turkey. But there is a big history of um, doing these birds within birds. I was trying to find the best example and I found a good example. <laughs> and let me tell you, it's better than a three bird. Uh the biggest I could find was a seventeen bird roast. Wait. What's the biggest one? The smallest the
2: smallest one.
4: It's a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> the smallest was a warbler. Oh, autola. Which are now, well, still eating in some places in France, but you know, they wear a veil to hide their shame, don't they? If they eat it. So that's that's the <laughs> smallest. And the greatest one, the biggest one was the great bustard, which went extinct in this country. I think it's just been reintroduced in South, Southern England. Oh, so we, could, the last we can give years. it a whirl again. Yeah. Well, I mean, why not make something extinct a second time, eh? <laughs> Wow! I didn't mean that. No. <laughs> no, but you need a pretty big oven, I guess. So it's a tough one. Yeah, this, well, this is all done on a spit roast. And it's oh, yeah. difficult to do these kind of things because there's no traction on there. It's all just meat. It tends to slide around. I mean, there are hooks and things, you know, when you attach, attach something to a, a metal spit. You'd most commonly find them in pies again. The Yorkshire mm. Christmas pie is the, is the infamous one. Um, which appeared in eighteenth uh, century, seventeen forty-seven, I think, is the first recipe. Hannah Glass. I'm not sure if you've come across her yet. The art of cookery made plain and easy. I've cooked her Yorkshire Christmas pie. That was a five. That was five birds. <laughs> Getting all the bones out of five birds was a complete pain. <laughs> and you yeah. you make this massive pie. You just build it up. I, I made I made bricks of pastry, <laughs> so like a big igloo. <laughs> and then any gaps you filled with jointed hair grouse woodcock and then i think there was something like five pounds of butter on the top wow stick the lid on it took me a week to make wow you shove it in the oven and the idea is that it all cooks it's, it's all hermetically sealed the butter melts and what you essentially means is, you, you, is you're potting your meat you're making potted meat wow um and then it was sort of Yorkshire landowners would make these things because they had lots of land, so they had lots of game, and they'd post it down to their friends. Like a kind of status on a, symbol. On a horse and carriage all the way to London for their, for their mate. <laughs> Mine was an absolute disaster, though. <laughs> we don't like to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Could you tell the difference between the different birds as you ate it, though? Um,
4: probably not, really. I mean, you can tell a difference when it comes to, like, a really dark meat. Mm but like a, a pigeon compared to a chicken is obviously different mm. um but a partridge and a chicken you know partridge is a little bit gamey but no it's just more, it's just showing off yeah. <laughs> it's all about showing off there's always
1: something quite so kind of theatrical about christmas food like whether it's like the big bird on the table in the middle or like you say putting like you know five different types of animals sort of stuffing them horribly inside each other like mm-hmm, a sort of mm-hmm. frankenstein Frankenstein beast Yeah, it's is, grotesque really yeah, it's quite <laughs> grotesque isn't it but but it's kind of like yeah there's like a spectacle to it is do, do, do you think that that's kind of are, are there any other occasions when 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 we sort of do this kind of thing or is Christmas the big sort of the finale of the year the big spectacle
4: when it comes to regular events I think it probably is mm. the only thing I can think of is weddings the only other thing yeah true. you know when you're really the big old cake mm. Uh, yeah, I would say so, and we do like to keep these things alive, you know, because part the part of the theatre of the table is something that we don't do with other meals. You know, someone's usually expected to carve the bird as well at the table, mm-hmm. with everybody's beady eyes on them. <laughs> <laughs> We've all botched a roast chi- a roast chicken or a roast turkey or something. <laughs> I certainly have. Yeah, <laughs> um, and that's another thing that goes back to the Middle Ages. You know, the host or the host night sometimes, mm. you know, showing off their skills with a knife in a more dainty way than tournaments and fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like that we still do it. I mean, we, most of us don't know what we're doing, and I'm okay now. Mm-hmm. But I, I do like that these little, bit, these little bits of theatre do, do continue. Mm-hmm. It's nice. I prefer when I find out that we're the same as everyone else more than when we're different. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Agreed, yeah. It's just nice to know that we're basically the same. Yeah,
0: sure. I have another question. I suspect the answer is going to go back to the Middle Ages. Um, Okay. And it comes from Izzy. um, And she asks, why are all the flavors of Christmas kind of the same? Like, why do we use all of the same kinds of spices, like cloves and nutmeg and so on, in like kind of all of the traditional dishes? And also, like, why don't we use those spices like throughout the rest of the year?
4: Mm. Well, I don't, so I would argue that we do use them the rest of the year. Mm. Or maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm projecting.
0: I don't really use cloves other than at Christmas.
4: We use mixed spice, though, yeah?
0: Mm. When I'm making, like, Chinese food, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You guys?
3: Maybe at Easter, but...
4: So Those kind of, like, warm spices. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, the sweet spices. Mm. Mm-hmm hmm well i mean yeah i suppose it does go back to middle ages there, there used to be a spice mix called powder douce, which was just means sweet powder mm. um we're not 100 percent sure what the ingredients are but it seems to be it is things like cinnamon cloves mm. nutmeg mace and sugar because sugar is considered a spice at that time using very small amounts mm. and they were used with all kinds of foods mince pie being a case in point. I mean, it's got a very long and interesting history. Um, and it's gone through some transformations through the centuries. Um, mm. You know, we put minced meat with no meat in it. And it's not minced either into our <laughs> mince pie. And uh, it can be very confusing. And it's one of those things where um, only, only when you sit down and think about it, you go, oh, yeah, why do we call it mince meat? There's no meat in it. But you only have to go back to Mrs. Beaton's Book of Household Management, uh, you know, what, 1860s, and there's meat in the mince pies. If you go much further back to, say, 17th centuries, you've got mince pies being eaten all year round. They're not Christmas, uh, associated with Christmas in particular. These spices are used all year round, but I think they become, well, they become associated with special events because they're expensive. Mm-hmm. They also get used more in the winter because it's mainly it's mainly dried fruit and store cupboard ingredients. You're not going to cook that in July when you've got loads of amazing fresh fruit and vegetables. So I think it just ends up becoming correlated with winter time, and then even more tightly correlated with Christmas time. So that's what I think. That's we just we just ended up meandering to that path without really realizing it. Mm. But
0: these are like medieval flavors, right? Typically, I mean, you say you eat them all year round, but you probably would because you're a food historian.
4: Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I so, so, so,
0: so somehow these kind of medieval traditions have like lasted, you know, 500 plus years. um yeah. I mean, maybe it's a lot something meat in
4: them. It was more like a tagine. Mm. It was very sort of North African, Middle East, and you know, all our influences from from the Middle Ages come from. North Africa and the Middle East—we mm. were so just copying what they were doing. Really,
0: something happened in the in the in the interim in which, like, we decided that we wanted much more bland food. Um, but like, clearly, Christmas is so much about tradition. I suppose that allows these things to kind of live on a bit.
4: Yeah, it's funny, you know. There's a lot of disagreement and a lot of scratching heads when it comes to the question of how much spice did the people in the middle ages actually use and it seems to be because nobody's really studied this stuff before you know so you it, it's hard you know you have to just go out there and find it out yourself what seems to be becoming the agreement anyway is that it wasn't that much there, there wasn't that much spice being used at all because it because it was so expensive and it certainly wasn't being used to mask the taste of bad meat which is a absolute nonsense. <laughs> if you could afford spices, you could afford fresh meat. You know, you're not going to be wasting spices and mm. covering over <laughs> the taste of rank food. Mm. Um, but yeah, we don't think it was that much, that, that spicy. Um, when it got to Tudor times and spices became a bit less expensive, then it goes spicy.
1: Mm.
4: And I think by the time you get to the, the Stuarts, it's, it's it's all become a bit naff using Loads and loads of spices. I guess they just overdid it. Mm. <laughs> and since then, we've been uh, much more sort of, yeah, we've we've held back a little bit more with the amount of spice that we use.
0: Or maybe like Cromwell's Puritanicalism kind of clamped down on it a bit. Is that possible? Yeah. I mean,
4: well, certainly. I mean, spices were certainly associated, you know, with um, being aphrodisiacs and things. So mm. I wouldn't be surprised. He didn't like much. Um. Someone called Peter wrote in, uh, I say wrote in, it's
0: not Blue Peter, didn't use a pen and paper, <laughs> uh, messaged, um, <laughs> and it's it's a bit uh, similar to, to to the why is there no meat in uh, mince pies, uh, mm. and he asks why uh, are figgy puddings called figgy puddings
4: even though there's no figs? I suspect because there just was figs at some point, is that right? Good. Well, it's a good question. I've not found a single figgy pudding recipe with figs in it. Hmm. Wow, that what a puzzle. not anybody else has. What's rat it? No plums in plum pudding either.
2: <laughs> Revelations abound here. You're kidding me.
4: You are more interesting than me. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not saying they would never use, but it certainly wasn't common. I've never found one. Um, plum was used as a general word for dried stoned fruit. Okay. So it also applied to currants and raisins. Hmm. So, you know, you'd see plum cakes, plum puddings, and whatnot. When it comes to now, when it comes to figgy pudding, there's two theories, and I definitely side on one of them. So one is that fig is just used as a byword for, you know, a bit like plum, it's a byword for something for for dried fruit. But I made one a few years ago using the cloth method. So it's like a big Dickensian, you know, mm. cannonball pudding set it on fire and all that kind of stuff it was fantastic and when you make one of these you have to wet your cloth and dust a lot of flour on it so it's, it's equivalent of um putting flour on your cake tin you know before you put the batter in stop it sticking so you, you shake all this flour over put your mixture in tie it up nice and tight boil it for five hours or whatever then when it comes out it's sort of pale you know because of the this sort of layer of flour and then you crack into it, it just spill it just spills out, just like, uh, I think, a fresh fig does when it's really, really ripe. Wow, that is a pretty good theory. So I have heard that. I mean, I, I don't know what the answer is, but when I made it that time, it seemed so true and compelling that I thought, that's got to be it. So if I'm going to take sides, I'm going to take that one. I like that one, it's a good, it's a good theory, it's quite what? creative.
0: That makes sense. What is
2: a figgy pudding? Yeah. I
0: actually
2: don't know. I like, don't
0: know. Either. It's Christmas pudding, right? Christmas pudding. Oh, it's just oh, Christmas. Okay.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. okay, yeah.
0: Gotcha. Um, related to that, Alex wants to know, how long have we been hiding coins in Christmas pudding and what's that all about? <laughs> That's Victorian. Uh-huh. Um, we used to I don't hide know if wall- any of you guys ever did that. Do you ever do that? We, we used to do it. I heard about it. Hiding the coin thing. No.
1: No, we never did it either. Our I, I family did it. <laughs> my, Strong
3: teeth
1: in your family. Yeah, <laughs> my my French family would always hide some sort of hard object in like crisp or festive cakes, like sometimes coins or sometimes this weird little porcelain. Doll. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen. that, mm-hmm. I, seen that. I remember the just king. Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, or the baby, the, the fev, and yeah, mm. I remember just crunching down on it and just being like, "What is that? <laughs> what is that in my?" It's nice meant to be lucky, but it's actually just cake. breaking your teeth. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, p- putting things in your in your pudding or your cake definitely goes back to as far as the Tudors. Probably goes a little bit further than that. Medi- late medieval, I would say. Mm. Often a bean, a dried bean, mm. and then whoever picked it out would be um, king of the bean. <laughs> oh, <of> the bean. <laughs> oh I would love oh, that! that and they get to <laughs> basically <laughs> be treated as as king or queen for the for the rest of the time, which is nice. for the rest of the day. Nice. Um, it was. Big, it was a big thing. Those boy bishops, you know, they they, they really liked this sort of making the world a bit of a topsy turvy place.
0: Yeah, so the world turned upside upside down. That's quite nice. Yeah, nice. So so
4: that's not enough to be. It developed then into things like your coin. Mm -hmm. There'd be a wedding ring. Wow. That would mean, you know, you might be getting (laughs) married or finding romance Mm. in the next 12 months. If you found a thimble, Sorry, but you are a spinster for the next one. I found
2: that symbol.
0: (laughs) 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 But what? But these people are just planting them there. It's not like these are divine symbols.
4: No, it's just superstition. It's just fun superstitions, really. Mm. It's one of the few that have sort of got through, you know, from the times of, you know, Oliver Cromwell and the the Puritans. Mm. Because the the sad thing is, you know, without kind of getting historian honours. The real sad thing about Henry VIII bringing in Church of England and Protestantism and all that. I mean, I'm not a religious person at all and the Catholic church have a lot to answer for. <laughs> but, you know, before then, before Protestantism, when it was all about personal um, prayer and personal faith, it was, it used to be done in groups and people looked after each other mm. a, a lot more, I think. Mm. And, there was lots of community stuff people did stuff together and a lot of it was superstitious you know a lot of it was going going probably right back to anglo-saxon times maybe even uh, pre-christian times who knows and all those things got lumped in with uh papism you know with being oh it's, it's all roman catholic we got to get rid of all of it and we lost so much of it but it's just the odd one mm. like or the descendants of these, like putting a coin in your Christmas pudding, that just got through the net somehow. Mm.
2: Do you think that... um, It's really
4: nice that a few things have survived. There's not many, though.
2: But Mm. do you think that Christmas puddings are dying out as a
4: dessert? Well, people were worried about that. 2017, 18, people are saying, that's it for the Christmas pudding. Mm. Then we had lockdown, and then everyone started craving... Puddings, pudding sales, like doubled or tripled or something crazy. People mm. started making them at home and Christmas puddings became popular again. Mm. Um, so I think I think we needed uh, reminding and having a sort of two-year period where we were all craving comfort food from our childhoods.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> you know, it really did it. It really helped. Um, I'm not a massive fan of the bought Christmas pudding. I think it's too rich. And modern recipes are too rich. I've done Delia Smith's and I just think it's t- just... You can have about one spoon of it, and mm. it's awful. I think if you go back to 18th century plum puddings, they're much plainer, mm. much more what you'd think of as a pudding, like a spotted dick or something like that, and they're mu- they're much nicer. Mm. So I do recommend anybody who does make their Christmas puddings to go and find a, a recipe in an old book, say it's like by uh, Eliza Acton. Mm. Um, she has a fantastic, she has a couple of Christmas puddings, and they're both brilliant. So, uh, yeah, any cooks out there who don't like, oh, think they don't like Christmas puddings, ha- have a go at making a, a 19th century one. That's my advice.
0: Rebecca, do you eat Christmas pudding? Do you make it?
3: Um, I don't, but that I my family is Norwegian, so yeah. I don't do a lot of, like, the English Christmas traditions. Yeah. Um, but we do actually do a version of the hiding a thing. Mm. We hide a an almond in a bowl of rice pudding. Ooh. And if you win the almond, you win a marzipan pig, which is really cute
1: nice that's
3: adorable it's really cute isn't it
1: and that's great it doesn't break your
0: teeth you could just crunch yeah yeah, and it's,
3: yeah you get free almond
0: and no suet pudding that's to you no suet
3: pudding um yeah i can't i'm not really sure what like the, the traditional thing to eat for pudding is
0: oh. um all right i'm going to take one more question from mm-hmm. uh from the list of people that wrote in and it's um from paul and he wants to know why is it called a Brussels sprout is it From to brussels do It's one brussels that all right done <laughs> okay thank you <laughs>
4: <laughs> thank you so much neil paul i no hope that's uh, that a little bit <laughs> it's a really old it's funny, because i obviously i've looked this before it's one of the first things you have to look at the look into the history of i assumed the brussels sprout was new because i think it's a very wasteful vegetable Mm. Because you grow that massive woody stalk yeah. thing, and then you've got all these tiny little sprouts sticking out. And mm. I just thought, well, that's very wasteful of resources. I thought it must be a modern thing. But it's definitely medieval, probably 13th century. Mm. And um, yeah, it was, no one knows where it was first sort of bred or whatever. Right. How it was created. Uh, no one knows. it was It was North Europe. And it was the the Belgians who were particularly good at growing it, so it became associated with them. But they probably also were the ones that came up with it in the first place. Are you a fan, Neil? Yes. What I like about sprout is it's all of the flavour of an entire cabbage distilled into one single mouthful. Don't overcook a sprout, though, please. Roast them is my top tip. Roasting's good, yeah. You get yeah, that nice bit of sweet bittersweet coating on the top, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah very good. Cool.
0: What about uh, any any questions from you guys?
2: <laughs> what can you tell us about trifle? That's my main one here.
4: I love a trifle. A uh, trifle, fine. A lot of people... It's a love-hate one, isn't it? Yeah. Trifle, All that sort of cold custard and cream, I think is a bit too much for people. <laughs> Trifles have been around a long time. Um, not necessarily associated with Christmas, but um, I think the earliest recipe is also a 18th century, early 18th century. And it's not that much. It's more like a fool. Mm. It's just, a, you know, a cream and booze and sugar, maybe some pulp fruit just folded together in a, in a bowl, maybe with some ratifier biscuits on it or something. Because mm. people say, oh, a mere trifle. Oh, that was just a mere trifle to mean it wasn't much at all. But I mean, you see some of these trifles that Mrs. Beaton were making, they are not mere trifles, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> but at one point it was just a question of folding some fruit into some whipped up cream. So mm. that's where the phrase that little idiom comes from with me, a trifle. Uh, are you are you a trifle fan?
0: I am, massively, yeah.
3: Absolutely. Mm, yeah. Sensational.
4: Mm. Forrest. I'm struggling to
1: remember the last time I had a trifle, but uh yeah, I would say probably not. Bad. God, he doesn't oh, like anything. This guy. No, I Do like your like, hair. That's just It. I mean, Brussels yeah. sprouts. So you like those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big mm. time. Big time. Again,
4: um, a homemade traditional 18th century trifle mm. is much better than anything modern. It's not oversweet. There's no jelly in <gasps> there. I mean, that's a big debate. Isn't there? Should, should there be jelly or not in a in a trifle? I'm fine. My, my butter is my, my bread is butter both sides. I'm happy with or without trifle. I don't care. Really. It's all good to me. If it's got sugar and cream in it, mm. I'm there. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I had a question Was, Is there a history of um, fish at sort of Christmas time? Um, or is it mainly kind of meat and, and sort of poultry as the sort of main dish? Or is, is there a time for, for fish at Christmas?
4: Well, fish at Advent really. One thing that we certainly don't do anymore, and that's um, spend the entire, well, what, 24 days of Advent fasting. Mm. That's what we used to do. Mm. (laughs) So they were all fish days. So no no animal products, including meat, but also um, cheese. A bit later on, eggs were allowed, but Mm. um, yeah, the only meat or the only animal food you are going to get was eating fish so it became associated with that especially um, Christmas Eve and a lot, a lot of other cultures there's a lot of fish eating on Christmas Eve isn't yeah, there that's, that's, yeah that's
1: what I was thinking about so my main sort of Christmas memories is fish on Christmas Eve rather mm. than like the actual Christmas day it's the equivalent of having fish on Good Friday
0: mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neil um, that's been super interesting thank you so much um, we'll leave it there no props cheers now yeah. bye bye Merry Christmas
4: oh yeah Merry, Merry Christmas Christmas
0: you are listening to the Full English podcast and if you like what you're hearing then please as always give it a share and if you really want to help us make the next season of the show then head over to patreon.com forward slash full English and sign up for free pounds a month we really appreciate your support Okay, so we're back. Um, Before us on the table are um, a range of mince pies. There are mince pies from one, two, three, four, five places. Those places are Gregg's, obviously, hooray for Gregg's. Costa, these are two places that we've covered on the show. Pret and Gales. And Gales, if you don't know what Gales is, it's how how, how would you describe Gales? Kind of like... Yeah, it's
3: it's an upmarket chain.
0: A market
1: chain. Yeah. Really. They're everywhere. Yeah, but always leaves slightly
2: underwhelmed, would you say? Not if you have a chocolate tahini bite. Chocolate <laughs> tahini bite. Oh. Delicious, okay. so
1: moist. Mm. It, I, it looks really good, as in it's inviting,
0: but yeah. We also have before us, as well as the eggnog, uh, some champagne. So cheers, guys. Thanks cheers. for bringing it for us.
3: Happy Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
0: Cheers. And so, Rebecca, this is your time to shine. Because as Mrs. Toad, let's talk about Toad Bakery. When, when did Toad Bakery first appear?
3: We opened in April 2022, so we've been around for a, a year and a half. And you were now. you were called Frog. Initially. We were called Frog, yeah.
0: And you got marching orders on that name, and now you're called Toad. That's right. Are we allowed to mention that?
3: <laughs> yeah, just don't don't go into too much more detail.
0: Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and uh, but yeah. I, I, if you live, in, if you happen to have ever lived in South London, you'll kind of know this bakery. It's like it has queues. It's like yeah. you'll to, see it, you'll see it. Yeah, trying to get across on the Toe Bakery is like trying to get tickets for Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. <laughs> Harder, some might say. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. It's because it's fucking good, right? Um, Thanks. Yeah, wow. Well, and here we have the the one of the founders and the bakers, and we're going to eat the mince pies together, and we're going to rate these mince pies. But I'm particularly interested, obviously, in your expertise, Rebecca. So.
3: I've got some predictions based on just the way they, the way they look. Okay, so that will be quite interesting. To can you share them? To sh- mm, I feel like I know which ones the Gregs' ones are, and I know I think about, I think Gail's is quite clear.
0: Yeah, I think mm. Gail's is quite clear. I'm going to post a photo of this on the Instagram, and you'll 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 you can make up your own mind. Which one should we start with?
3: Let's go for. Knife. I to, <laughs> these ones look like they've come from um, a little like bakery in a village somewhere in like herefordshire do you okay. know what i mean
0: let's call these number one then yeah we'll start with this
3: thank you thank you so much wow
0: oh it's jammy oh
3: wow this this is almost like an eccles cake
0: yeah yeah I, tell, you, I, I like, like it, it. tell cake. you what jammy you can try this yeah yeah this one is vegan number one is actually oh, it's vegan. it's a christmas
2: miracle thank you yeah that's that's really like compacted yes sir. Uh, thank you Hole of interest, Mm -hmm. what do you as a baker look for in a good mince pie? My personal taste is for things to be baked until they're
3: almost burnt. Mm. (laughs) Um, So my my main problem with like a lot of these commercially produced ones is that they look really anemic. Yeah. Um, Which is why I like the look of these guys here. Mm. They're nice and dark. Um, So yeah, anything with like... A good, a good bake on it. Demerara sugar on the top is also a big one for me. Mm. Um,
1: is, there a, is there a reason why they, they go kind of anemic with the baking? Because I do always, I, I always put them in the oven for like 10, 15 minutes mm. to kind of give a bit of yeah. coloration.
3: I think, I don't know, I think it's probably just to do with taste. I mean, there's also this kind of short, like crumbly pastry is, doesn't take on a lot of color a lot of the time, but
0: um, oh,
3: yeah. yeah, I don't know. I reckon if they were only darker than that, a lot of people would be like, "That's burnt." Mm.
0: Don't yeah, that's it. true. Yeah, yeah. It's a taste thing. Yeah. Mm. What do we think about number one, guys? It's good, man. It's oh, quite tart.
3: Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's got a bit of a, a lemon floor gel
1: taste. Mm. Yeah. Oh. A little toilet duck kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: but I don't mind it. Actually, I'm mm. quite into
1: it. Yeah, I mean. Um, I think the thing is with the actual filling, like it's it's so sweet and acidic, and like it just it's never going to be the filling is never going to be like bad, is it? Like quite difficult to make the, the actual filling of a mince pie bad. Well, you can say that it's
0: I can't taste any spice,
4: mm. and
0: I can't taste any any actual citrus, just kind of acid, you know, mm. like the That's lemon true. thing. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like very
4: contrasting,
0: complex. complex yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Like I feel like everything was compact. Which was nice going into mm. one. You know what? It's
0: nice, it's full, it's completely full.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But the pastry is actually great, I think, as well. And Especially vegan, if yeah. it's vegan.
0: Yeah. Ooh, ooh. yeah <laughs> is it yeah. vegan? Oh, great. He told
2: him knife <laughs> as he says <sets> this. <laughs> Devilish stare. All
0: right, which way should we go? I feel like probably since you think these are going to be the best, should be let's save them to last. Mm-hmm. Listen to this, guys. This is the.
2: Oh.
1: That's the ASMR.
0: ASMR. Come mm. on. That's, that's the, you'll see this on the photo. This is the ones that Rebecca thinks are going to be the best. It's got the sugar on top and it's quite brown. Let's go this way then. So number two. Well, oh, these There's some that are in tins and some that are not. Uh, number two's got... What would we say about the
1: decoration of this one?
2: Festive. Very. <laughs>
1: this, lo- th- this looks like the most kind of mass-produced one, I would say.
0: Really? This is what
1: say. I'm most used so, to so, seeing, yeah. I would think. This is like yeah. the, the most traditional.
3: Ooh. Oh, wow. The, yeah, the filling on that is a lot spicier. Mm. And richer. Yeah.
0: It's got booze in it. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. And where were the different places again? So you had Pret. Pret, Costa. Costa. Greg's. Okay.
0: The co-op. Did I say that, actually?
2: Oh. Mm.
0: Greggs, Costa, the co-op,
2: and Gales. Would you think this is maybe a co-op job? Obviously, you're not allowed to answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, what makes you think that? Well... Obviously as Dave said, like looking at it, it's a bit more mass produced.
3: I really like the the mince meat on that. There's nicely nice nice amount of spice in there. Not a big fan of the pastry. Like that is sticking to the roof of my mouth quite it's a lot. It's claggy. Uh-huh. That's a claggy pie. <laughs> <laughs> Take yeah. it back, it's Greg's. <laughs> 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 yeah. Nice decoration though. Sort of brings to mind like a festive jammy dodger. Mm. Oh.
0: Um. I should say as well I went to Starbucks the idea here was to get one supermarket mm-hmm. which was the co-op and all of the kind of high street coffee shops and, and, um, and Greg's it's, it's kind of a coffee shop but Starbucks don't sell them mm. would you believe or at least they didn't in the two places I went to mm. alright we'll do this one next the, this one has the weirdest uh, style it's like low, low rise uh, <laughs> with a kind of open top roof Mm. No foil cup. <laughs> no foil cup.
1: Quite like the look of it, but I'm thinking maybe too much pastry ratio. Yeah, you know what? You see, like you have chopped, beer,
0: chopped you know, up there, yeah. and it's not—it's not actually mm. full. Didn't need to get this well many, did I? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I spent more than thirty pounds on mince pies today. What? Wow! So, um,
1: guys, sign up to the Patreon. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say the ratio of pastry to filling here is. I would say sixty-five percent pastry.
3: Yeah, this is a flawed design. Look at mm. that.
1: You reckon? Yeah. Yeah,
3: it's got this kind of like ridge.
1: Unless you love pastry and hate pastry, hate, hate mint.
3: Mm. I'm not getting anything
1: no. vaguely Nothing. distinctive
3: from this at all.
1: This is
0: this is quite. It also tastes a little stale. Yeah.
3: Mm.
1: yeah. The filling looks. It's like kind of homogenised. It's not. Mm. You, you're not mm. getting the bits of fruit. It's kind of been. It's sort of it's been blended, blended awesome. sort of jammy sort of consistency which um but you know what I, I the ratio of the pastry is actually it's actually not bad i don't mind like a like a bit more pastry than you know the the classic ratio because mm-hmm. hmm. you know the, it's so sweet the filling. like some maybe just like a little bit more pastry is not yeah. too bad but the actual filling on this one yeah not, not doing doing much i don't think no it's not for me no
3: it's a zero
1: out of ten for me. <gasps> really? Oh, whoa! Wow.
3: This is the
0: lowest one so far.
3: Yeah.
0: Wait. What was the first one out of ten then? Which was the one that you said describes a village bakery?
3: I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that a. No, I can't give them. I can't give them any ratings until I've tried. But this one, one is just more. straight up this one is, not good. I've made up my mind about that, and I don't. Yeah. want to... You've left some. I don't want to finish my quarter.
0: <gasps> We're moving on to number. What is this for? Mm. That is not a good sign. Yeah. Ooh. No.
2: Ooh, that's pulling, raw.
0: Pulling down the, the side. Uh, so barely cooked. Gone. Yeah, barely cooked.
2: It's like a little volivon mince pie. Mm. Yeah. This this,
0: um, this does I, not look good. Okay, dig it in.
3: Oh, I can see. Is that is that maybe a chunk of apple? Ooh, Ooh
1: that's new. Surprise.
2: Surprise? Uh-huh. I think this is Gail's. Oh, yeah, this is fruity. I'm going to throw this out there, and that would make sense then. Really?
1: Hmm. So what's the sort of, like... Fancy... Oh,
2: no, I take it back. I think it's prep. Oh, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I
2: think fancy has to be Gales.
3: That's got quite a distinctive like, profile, mm. I think. But again, it's a little bit on the lemon floor cleaner, kind of. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, But maybe it's just quite difficult to mass-produce lemon flavour. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. All right, let's move straight on okay. to the final one. Number four, the one that sounds like this.
2: The supermodel. That's how yeah. you get listeners, by the
1: way. That's how you get patreons. That's, uh... that's how you get patreons. <laughs> Trust me, that's that's gonna be big.
3: Okay. Oh, that's a thin. That's a thin pastry.
1: Oh, an artisan has made it. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. This looks good. Like you can see, I can see actual mm. different types of fruit in yeah. the inside.
3: That Demerara is doing a lot of work on the top as well. It really is. Yeah. Tastes a little bit like a, an apple turnover. Oh, so much. Really good. Mm. Yeah, that's nice. I almost wanted it to be bad because it's too obviously the best one, but it is the best <laughs> one.
0: <laughs> so we had mince pies from, let's recap, Gale's, Co-op, Costa, Pret and Greg's. So that's five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I kind of lost track of the counting and the naming of them. Listeners will probably be aware by this time, but I've drank some champagne and some oat nog. (laughs) And I'm a little bit ill. Um, So, let's start. Number one.
3: All right. Number one, I think, was from Greg's. Um, And I'm going to give that one... That was my second favourite of all of them. Mm. I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10.
1: Wow. I I was quite
3: impressed. I was surprisingly impressed.
1: Nice.
3: Um, I like the way it looked. I really like plain... Fully sealed, quite flat pie, quite wide, with mm. a really sort of pathetic sprinkling of icing sugar on the top that mm. I mm. think was quite, quite
0: nice. Uh, I'm going to reveal this at the end. So number two was this one. Yeah. Um, how, how would you rate that one?
3: That one to me looks like the most sort of bog-standard supermarket one, so that's probably co-op, I mm. think. Um, that one had the best min- mince meat. I think. Definitely got some booze in it. Tasted Christmassy, like enough spice, but terrible pastry so
0: <laughs>
3: maybe a, a five for that
0: one Fair, fair. yeah uh the third one we did was this unconventional low one
3: flat pack pie um costa i'm giving that to costa the nation's favorite
1: <laughs> <laughs> my
3: least favorite <laughs> <Yeah. What
1: laughs> and we-
3: i've already given it a zero out of ten oh, that's true.
1: Yeah, <laughs> which yeah.
3: actually seems quite harsh but i i stick by it Good, they good, are good not sticks. gonna sponsor us <laughs> now. <laughs> they need to try harder.
0: Yeah. Uh number four was this one that I said had a slightly undercooked mm. side, the high one.
3: Yeah. Oh my god. I think that's when I started disassociating. I can't really remember it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um
3: cute crinkly paper. Pret, I reckon. This is it matches their sort of like, ooh, natural branding.
0: Yeah, yeah. They haven't gone for the tin, they've gone no. for the kind of muffin thing.
3: Muffin, yeah. Um, completely forgettable to the point I've completely forgotten it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Give it a random number below five. I guess five. What another five? <laughs> okay, five. <laughs> and then the most beautiful one on the table by your standards. Um, and so that would leave Gales. Yeah. Uh, no surprises there. And how would you rate that?
3: That was great. That was a really nice, quite, um, quite sort of crispy biscuity pastry. Nice ratio. Really love the heavy denrera on the top. Uh, nice filling. I'm going to give it a, an eight and a half for Gales. Brilliant.
0: So that makes the winner. Was Gales the winner? Yeah. 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 That makes the winner Gales, mm-hmm. um, which you were right about. Uh, no surprises. But you know what? You were right about all of them.
1: Oh. Yeah. yeah! You
0: got them all completely bang on. Nailed it. Absolutely, Absolutely nailed it. Nailed it. Wow. The fun thing or the interesting thing is the most, guess which one's the most expensive?
1: Well, obviously you would assume Gales, but the fact I've asked you that question means. Mm. But the fact <laughs> you asked that question <laughs> means I detect a twist. Yeah, a twist <laughs> in this tale. See how this goes. I do, feel do like Costa's,
2: uh, Costa's going to have something in the running just because when we went, they, take the they were pricier.
3: Mm. Um,
2: Pret are always a little bit pricier.
3: I'm looking at that and I'm thinking
2: five pound, five pound eat in.
1: Yeah. What, for Costa?
2: Yeah. yeah, because also I'm pretty sure they're... They're monsters. Aren't they packaged? Or, did you get that one from the... So I had
0: to go shop? in and order them oh, you individually, did? yeah. Um, so you are right, though. Costa was the most expensive. Mm-hmm. It was £2. The last one. Yeah, and the one you gave a 0 out of 10. Damn. Oh my God. I think it was £2.75. And then Gail's wasn't that far behind at £2.50. Um, the cheapest... Have a guess,
2: Greg. Surely a pound.
0: Yeah, it's Greg's, but not even cheaper than a pound.
2: No, ninety nine p.
0: No, it's two pound fifty for six. At Greg's, at Greg's. Ooh, Wait, what's
3: wow. that work out to? Forty one right. pence each. <gasps> what a steal! That's, that's
1: good. That's good. And then um, they they were cute. They were cute. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, yeah. compact.
3: Yeah.
0: There's a reason why the people's favourite It's them. Them. still a complete <laughs> puzzle as to why Costa is the nation's <laughs> most popular coffee <laughs> shop, but it isn't. Can't be for the mince pies, at least by our reckoning. Um and then co-op according to which magazine have the best um best mince pies out of all of the supermarkets. Mm. And I think that probably makes sense. Yeah. Kind of quite a good filling. But yeah, yeah you liked the filling, didn't you? Yeah, yeah.
3: They've done a decent job on
0: that. Yeah. Agreed. Brilliant. Rebecca, thank you so much for your expertise and for making yourself sick for us and <laughs> <on> our listeners. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a pleasure.
0: Cool. Um before we leave, we'll just say that um yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Um I just wondered if you guys had any thoughts on the year so far, season three. What were your highlights and what you're looking forward to next year?
2: Maybe someone joining the show. That was a <laughs> highlight for me, who was joining the show.
0: It's a highlight for everyone, man.
2: Becoming an expert in uh, high street chains and the Spoons is a big one.
0: And what's, what's next on our agenda for you? Are
2: we allowed to reveal it? Yeah, why not? Oh, okay. Uh, currently doing Little Chef.
0: Yeah. What happened to Little Chef, guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Come on. Has
2: anyone actually had a Little Chef?
1: No. Everyone
2: I've asked says no, but maybe that's an yeah, age I'd demographic. So. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty old, so I <laughs> definitely feel like family kind of family holiday probably in the 90s mm. somewhere somewhere shit yeah i'm gonna say maybe not consciously but pro- quite possibly i've had one. Oh, you wouldn't remember it yeah no. no yeah but same question for you for us highlight of the year what um you to? so yeah i'd say podcast i really like the yeah. caths episode because um a bit like you lewis i'm a bit conflicted about caths like i i love part of it and also don't like you know parts of it mainly the sort of slightly crap food that you mm. sometimes get in calves. <laughs> so it was nice to hear um isaac and felicity talking about um and yeah their own kind For of kind of defense of the uh, people's cuisine yeah yeah exactly you know what that
0: was that was the most controversial episode i think we did really? like oh we yeah got, that was some of the most feedback on that
2: what did what? people say a lot of
0: people were like how dare you slag off the calf to me. <gasps> to you. Did yeah, you? Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when was, you were like, like snobism. That's when that's when you outed yourself yeah. as, as a snob. Yeah, that was that was a highlight <laughs> for me. But I think um a lot of the people that uh like you know, I often think that some of the staunchest defenders of these um places are like some of the most middle class people. I don't know if that's Definitely. just that's the speakers to my demographic quite possibly does. But like a lot of like people who are like kind of from working class backgrounds will be like, no, I'd quite like to eat at gale's. <laughs> After that, means <mince> yeah. pie. <laughs> I
2: think
1: I think you've got. I
0: don't know there. if that's that's true. I'm just throwing that out there. Um,
1: so, so that was your favourite episode. What are you looking forward to in in season? What will be season four? Um, can you show me the spreadsheet has <laughs> <laughs> the uh, episode ideas? Um, we we that we we haven't worked worked out the ideas. What would you like to do for season four? Oh, let's see. What about those guys that sell hot dogs in, like, Leicester Square? Where have they gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're still around, <laughs> are they? they They're still them. around still For real? What, the guys yeah. who just, like, like make those sausages they in the They only street? come
2: out at a certain time, I think.
1: Yeah, you're Brit- way past your bedtime. British street food, yeah. Like, you know, like, <laughs> British street food. Yeah, I want a whole episode on British street food. Okay, yeah, I like that.
0: Go. We'll work on that. Yeah, let's make it happen. If you're listening... And you've got an idea for an episode, do send it in. Um, I suppose I would say that my highlight of the year was winning the Guild of Food Writers Award, which was great. Yeah. And tell us um, more about your successes. Um, <laughs> well, you just have to listen back through all of the episodes to hear those. Um, my funny anecdote that I've s I have just, just mentioned earlier of winning that award was I was so genuinely not expecting to win it that I'd sat down in the um, kind of it was like in a lecture theater. And I'd taken my shoes off because it was like really hot. It was a really hot day. And I just felt overwhelmed by just being there um, with like Mary Berry rocking around and stuff. like. Mm-hmm. And so I took my shoes off. And then it was the first... Uh, Like award they announced was the podcast one and it was rolling really quick and it was like Lewis Bassett coming down to collect your award I was like what? Well you had no shoes on. So I had to quickly slip my shoes on but I didn't have time to tie my shoelaces everyone turned around looking at me and clapping and I'm like and sat in the middle of the lecture theatre trying to like put my fucking shoes on it's like climbing over everyone and all I could think about the whole time when I was walking to the stage and getting the award was just like I'm going to trip on my shoelaces this is going to be a disaster but um, if you see the photo of me collecting award, you'll see that my shoes went tight. So, yeah, that's that. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm looking forward to... I mean, we've got loads of things planned. We've got one last episode for this season, which is going to be about fine dining. And I don't really know what we're going to do next year, but I'm just going to say it's going to be sick. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll leave it there. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. Um, thanks, you guys, for coming. Obviously, thanks to Neil Buttery for uh, being our expert on all things festive. And, um, yeah... Check out the final episode that hopefully will come out um, between Christmas and New Year's. And other than that, see you in 2024.
1: Great.